Man, when you just start your day expecting it to be one way and then it turns out to be another way, it's pretty much every time. What did not meet your expectations this morning? A few things, but it'll be all right. We're only like 45 minutes behind schedule. It's not so bad. Yeah, we're good. We're at pretty 51 minutes. It could be worse. Do you want, you want me to open up the card? Open up the card. Yeah, crack, crack the card open again. You can sense it. Sense it. This one says starting cat and cloud on the front. And on the back, it says thank you. Mm. Oh, you're welcome already. Chris. The simple question, the open-ended <laughs> banger that we start with, why did you start your own company? Uh, should we start there because there's the three questions or you want to hear all three of them and then we can start? Just, maybe let's maybe go three. through the three questions and then we can just kind of pick a lane. And then I'll let you pick out. Okay, for so it. the second question, where did the idea of having a mission come from? The third question, how do you apply the mission to everything we do? I would, I would, what's your, what's your favorite question out of those three? What, well, like, what do you feel excited to talk about? I Where's mean, your head the, going the to? well, here's what happens with me. The second question is exactly one of the main reasons that I wanted to start a company. So to have a mission and have a consistent purpose and to start out with something that we all wanted to do together specifically and that we could teach other people through and like lean into was a whole point because most of my experience uh, prior and even in looking at other businesses was unless they were like really rooted in culture, like a place like Disney for me or for the one I was in love with Disney. Um, a lot of places had these expressions of a mission that were not really clear. They were either objective internally altogether, completely objective based on a couple of the leaders vibes and ideas or non-existent so i struggled and it was always frustrating i was like how can we all be on the same page without starting from the same page so that's where a mission became the most important thing and why i could easily start with that to even answer why we started a company when do you feel like you first noticed that there was something missing from the places you were working at uh every every single place that i had worked at until ours had these had had points of contention into what was quote unquote the best tasting what was quote unquote the best looking why certain things happened there was never enough continuity there was never a ton of clarity um that we could all point to it would always either be whoever was like the loudest or the meanest or the maddest about what was going on and so then you'd or the most in charge right so I I noticed it from the first job I ever had, even down to the movie theater, the first movie theater job I had. So the, the best jobs, if you want to say what we're doing here that I ever had were Jack in the Box and Cat and Cloud. Mm -hmm. Every other place fell short. And, uh, you know, I'll never remember. The, I, I interviewed for the movie theater twice. I didn't get the job the first time because they gave me a question like this. If somebody came in, I'll never forget it too because I'm like, if somebody came back to you at the concession stand and they ate all of their hot dog except for one piece of bun and they were like, I want a full refund. This hot dog was disgusting. What would you do? And I'm like, it's basically my first real job outside of Jack in the Box. I'm like, well, I'd say it'd be great if you brought that back sooner and I probably wouldn't give them a refund. Like, come bring it back and I'd happily give you one. But if you ate the whole thing, you're just trying to get a free hot dog out of me. And they're like, 
wrong answer. This interview's over. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I don't even know what you guys say. I was just thinking we were watching movies here, but cool. Great question, you know? And that was the first time I was like, you know, this is that's a movie theater and you're young for an example. But I'm like, I don't know how food service plays into what you're doing here and then translate it to coffee later. You know, there's... Well, that... Okay, so that's interesting because there's... That feels like a fail in that they're asking you a question that is something they should tackle in training. For sure. Where you're a kid. Yeah. Well, how am I supposed to know? You're supposed to teach me this, and then I'll gladly hold the line. Right. But it doesn't necessarily speak of not having a mission. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of reflects on... I mean, it could to me. It means, like, why would anybody need to know this? out of the gate so in the same context like Cynthia, it's the antithesis to me of what you're saying is like why would somebody need to know this before starting at your company like what does your company stand for that they would you would expect somebody to have an understanding of this so to me that's something that like even in the way that we talk about bringing people on mm-hmm. in the past we've had to and i've had to be like why are you asking people to tell us about our mission and our values in the context of an interview when they haven't even started here yet. That's our job. So I guess that's kind of what's coming to mind for me as one example of yeah. having a mission and having people, like you teach something, you, you share a mission, you bring something to the table and you bring a point of view to the table about what you do. Exactly. And then you teach that, you don't, you don't just like expect everybody to understand it because you exist. Yeah. So those are two different things, yeah. In a, in a nutshell, because maybe the movie theater does have a mission. Like maybe they're maybe they're trying to get at okay, you know, no matter what anybody brings back, we're gonna make it right. Sure. Because we want to have a good experience. Now they're not being really clear about that. Yeah. yeah. They're not being very effective. They're they're sure. bl- they're blowing get, it in a lot of ways. Sure. You could have something without living it. I guess is the point. Yeah. Maybe they have it, and it's not necessarily it's not active. It's, yeah. It's it's the classic, um, we have a piece of paper that lives in the office that says what we're all about, right. and that's the only place it exists. Yeah, I guess that's why having a mission is so important to me, is I always hated the feeling of thinking you're doing a really good job or trying your best to do the absolute best you can, and then having it never be, like, quote-unquote, good enough or the right, the right path forward. And then being like, well, how do I know the right path forward? I don't even know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Like, all I know is I'm supposed to do make something for these people and give them what I've to this point has been like praised. Like this is the vibe. So what am I getting in trouble for? I don't know what I'm doing. What do you think the most painful manifestation of that was? The most painful manifestations of that are just like when you're, when you're leaders. Or like for you personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like so many times over it'd be like, you're going to do this thing. And then I'd be like, cool, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, but I have no experience and then do it. And then be like, just full hated on full on, like, and not only hated on, like mad about it, like mad at me for like not understanding things that I potentially should have understood and, or been taught or trained to do, you know, like that, that was always a struggle for me. I, there was, um, there's the example of that one time we were going to go, to do uh, training over the hill. And as far as I knew, it was going to take 45 minutes to an hour to get there because I've been there like once and it ended up taking like two hours. And we're super late. 
and like miss and and the whole event is like an hour and a half maybe two hours long so we missed like half the event and and the pre-briefing also didn't realize that really we were just serving coffee for like maybe 20 minutes before the event to 30 minutes when the people were showing up so the whole the whole time we were actually supposed to be there there's a speaking event happening and and really we weren't even needed for most of the time but we were supposed to be there on site and so we showed up basically you know and i was like first of all late because of bay area traffic just stuff i didn't know i was a kid i didn't have no like, i don't even think we made it there no we made it and it was halfway done and they were like there's only like two drinks to serve and then they're working on cleanup so we just helped them do cleanup and and then listened to the rest of the speech and then just left and um there was just no forms of no lines of communication no super clarity it was just like you know the event starts at 10 and it was just something i'd never done i was like i haven't driven to it was in mountain view from santa cruz i was like i haven't driven to mountain view in santa cruz i just am gonna do my best and i i was like cool it only takes 45 minutes to get there i was like we'll leave at like 55 minutes till and then traffic immediately on 17 traffic immediately on the other thing traffic 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 and i'm like shit i don't even know what to do and I remember being on the phone calling, being like, we're going to be super late. I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm bummed. And then the whole thing was just like stress overload from the top down. of just like, we made a promise we didn't live up to. And now I'm in trouble for it. And I was like, you know, if I was going to do that event, it, somebody, if my team was going to do that event, I'd be like, cool. You're going to need to leave like two hours early because traffic can be gnarly about this time of the day. Mm. You know, expect some of these things. And here's how we want to show up. Here's who you talk to. Like, I didn't even have the phone number of the person on site to call. Like, so, like, giving the, giving the person on our team the relevant information. Yeah, having clarity, right? Everything yeah. revolves to me around clarity. If we can be on the same page, then we can have the same expectations. It's a little bit how, you know, that's how a mission can work for me. Then there's no personal problems between you and I for the most part. It's like, this is just what we signed up for. This is our mission. This is what we do. Like, you may not like how it feels to, to do it today because you're having a bad mood, but this is still what we signed up for. So we're going to do it. Where do you think the mission ends and kind of personal responsibility begins? Because there's maybe you could have been briefed better or like we could have been briefed better. Sure. We also could have left earlier. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's where the personal responsibility is like totally like very, very bummed we didn't leave earlier. Yeah. Uh, that's where like a mistakes are okay sort of situation, but that's also where you can be met with the form of like, yep, like that's our learning opportunity. You know, something that came up today for, for you and I, we, we talked about in an executive meeting about just like an hour's mishap. And it's like something that fell through the craps and cracks. And so I can go and own that with the leader and be like, hey, I've heard about this idea. We didn't talk about this being brought into how we operate. So I can take the L on that. I also need you in the future, if something like this is going to happen, to actually ask me for a yes or no, can I do this, mm -hmm. right? And we're all good. Let's make an adjustment right now. Like that's the way to assess something like that and have a conversation, in my opinion, versus like we just got full. Well, I, when you had to stand there and listen to it, just got full blown out. Well, because I was new at the time. Yeah. That was like the first, one of the first things that I ever yeah. had done it totally. was probably in my first couple of weeks of working there, I feel like. Maybe. I was pretty fresh. Yeah. And, well, there's also a lot of assumptions, right? Like, the assumption, I could feel the assumption was just, like, that I wasn't taking it seriously and I didn't care, which is also not true. And that's where a lot of how that backlash and, like, the, there's just not a lot of assumptions, right? 
you know, and that's where you can just ask a few questions. Like I even mentioned now, right now. And, you know, did you know it was going to take as long? I'd literally be like, no. And I didn't. And like, great. Next time you got to leave way earlier, <laughs> you know, something to that effect, or we need to really calibrate. If, if I'm to be maybe, a uh, in development, it'd be like, great, next time you were going to do an event, you're going to calibrate with me and let me know like the details of how you're going to operate that plan and like check it off with me to make sure we're going to do it well. Mm. You know, something to that effect. There's a lot of opportunity versus what I feel like is missing in a lot of missional businesses is just um, go do it and then we'll give you negative feedback potentially or we will. It just leaves, it leaves a lot of opportunity for somebody to not be inspired and not be moved by the idea of work and lost. I don't know. I mean, that to me is why missions matter. Yeah. As a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, if we, even as they evolve, right. Inspire connection by creating memorable experiences. What is ours? As, as it's evolved from what originally was like, we leave people happier than we found them. Um, we leave, leaving people happier than you found them was our original mission. And it's, it's a, it's one of the manifestations of inspiring connection by creating memorable experiences. But the idea of inspiring connection by creating memorable experiences is an ability for you to personalize as a human being, your role in an organization, as well as step to 30,000 feet and look at what's happening in the scope around you and say, are we inspiring a connection to what we do by creating a memorable experience? And that can go micro and macro. And to me, that's the magic of a mission. It could be the magic of the mission. If you would so choose to put the time into creating one with the intention and if that's the reason, right? And that is the reason for me to be able to personalize it and look at it from a 30,000 uh, foot view and say, are we, are we doing this? Yeah. You know? I think I agree with most of what you said I, because a mission in essence well, if you don't have anything to aim at, you have to ask the question, what the fuck are you doing? You know, right. and, and just showing up to do something just because you feel like it isn't super powerful. And in an era also where everybody's pretty good at what the f there's as many people, there's a lot of people who are just as good as you are at the thing that you do. And I think you can see the arc of certain companies start to trend downward when the thing they do isn't really rare anymore. So you can see that in specialty coffee specifically where right. <clears throat> we've been in the game for a long time. And if you rewind 10 or 15 years, when, so when I started working at Ritual, it's 2006. The only other place to get specialty coffee like that in San Francisco was the Blue Bottle on Hayes Valley. That was it. That was the only spot they had. So if you wanted coffee like that, you were going to one of two places. Right. There was nowhere else to go. And because of that, you can kind of get away with whatever you want behind yeah. the counter as a company because what you have is rare. Fast forward, that thing isn't rare anymore. Yeah. Especially coffee places are a dime a dozen. Nobody really cares if you can pour latte art because everybody can pour latte art. Mm. Um, and people who are relying on, well, I'm just good at coffee or we're just doing this specialty thing. It, it's not really a compelling, it's not super compelling. Right. That's that's one aspect of it. Sure. And th that can lead to people just kind of uh, 
phoning it in or living in the past. And then from the employee point of view, yes, like you need to have clarity on what you're doing in order to feel confident that you're doing a good job and in order to be able to navigate situations well. So my brother took his family to Disneyland and two kids, kids first time there, Everyone, you know, everyone's there. I think they were with friends too. And you go through the gates and there's this spot where you can get corn dogs. And, you know, how much is a corn dog at Disneyland? It's Probably like nine bucks. Yeah. Some ridiculous amount of money. So he's like, okay, cool. Like you guys did. I got, I got all this. And he's like, corn dogs, corn dogs, corn dogs, drinks, drinks, drinks. He's got this whole thing. And he's basically holding this bouquet of, of snacks, right? He pays for it, like takes this just precarious thing and starts walking across the park back to his family and then just drops everything like complete yard sale no way (laughs) just like all over the ground (laughs) this is probably like a hundred bucks worth of snacks and sodas just like all over the ground and he's just like just you know deflate like super bummed like noticeably bummed but okay i gotta keep it together because I'm with my kids and I'm with, this is Disneyland, you know, sure. there's, you, you don't throw a fit in Disneyland, yeah. right? You, you keep it together. It's just like cleaning up the shit. And then the dude sticks his head out of the little, uh, little concession stand and like puts his finger out and goes like, come here, like motions for him to come over there. And he's like, he walks over and he's just like, replaces everything that he had yeah and more he's like here's your new order like got it all dialed in for you here's a little extra for the kids like we'll clean that up don't even worry about it those are the kind of situations or those are the kind of service experiences that you really can't have without a mission yeah because there's no way you can create an SOP for any particular thing what to do if father of two children drops 10 sure. corn dogs and soda all over the place or like what to do if someone forgets their wallet or what to do if like rinse and rip. there's a million things that can happen when you're dealing with guest service right and if you know that your mission is to create a magical experience for someone or mm-hmm. i don't know what exactly disney's mission is but it's yeah. you know some, something along those lines then you can make the best decision in the moment to m- live out that mission and that's empowering because then you know the score, right? right? And you know that like, okay, cool. Like you don't have to worry about, am I going to get in trouble for giving away two or three or four or five corn dogs? Right. It's like, no, no, you don't have to stress out about that. You don't have to have that little panic attack about nickel and diming the whole thing, right. you know? And that's, that's pretty, that's pretty damn empowering. I think. It's absolutely empowering. And you see there's a feeling that's attached to that on both ends. You know, there's a feeling of obviously, man, the, the, well, imagine how your brother feels like if it's his first time ever, he's like, shit, I'm going to go up to spend like another hundred bucks right now. <laughs> yeah. Give or take, right? Sure. Exaggerate no, or not. That's not even exaggerating. Yeah. I don't think if, if you get it for like six, seven people, right. And just nine, nine bucks a pop, you're there. 70 plus $72 if you want to do the math. But then he's like, he's like, dang, that's sick. You know, and I think those little that maybe to some people listening is a big experience, right? Because you're like replacing 70 plus dollars of product. Maybe some business owners are thinking that way. 
but you could also think about it in the context of like, well, maybe your brother goes back there four different times now because of that experience. And I, I just had a simple mind blowing experience like that at, um, at a ramen joint on the way home from, I was just passed through San Francisco and went to Japantown and got ramen and they're really nice to start with, you know, but occasionally you're, you kind of expect that there's like the big greeting at the beginning of sometimes sushi or ramen. And, but we sit down and we get our food and my girlfriend Casey dropped like her egg in her soup and it splattered into her tea and a little bit on the table, but like not even very much. And like within five seconds, somebody walks up with a new tea, pulls the other tea and like wipes it all down for her. And this is a place that's in a mall. It's in the Japantown like mall. And then they're like, do you want, do you need anything else? Like, and it's just that kind of attentiveness and care. This isn't like a Michelin starred restaurant. This is a, this is an opportunity that we can all have. And it absolutely does revolve, revolve around a mission and a values-based business where you can let people know that these concepts are what matter. These mm. energy exchanges are what matter. Coming out from behind the counter and ensuring that your guests have a good experience and doing those little things. You know, you don't, you don't have to. You're right. At most places, you don't see it happening. And therefore, it's special. But it shouldn't. In my opinion, in our opinion, that's the whole one of the points of this business. It shouldn't be special. It should be what hospitality and service is. And unless you're exactly right, unless you have a mission and a point, I guess that's where it can be a struggle, right? What we've experienced, what I've experienced is moving from the place where that was how coffee hospitality should be. And I put a lot of focus into that. We talked a lot about it at the beginning of you know verve when i started there and colby ryan myself sean you when you got there all these people sarah peterson people who all and ultimately went on to do other things that were successful in coffee that's what we did but because it never got written down at the time and again there's a lot of goodness happening there now but there was a period where all of us kind of went our separate ways and it was in my opinion 100 percent that was the reason like because I'll never forget sitting around a table with like seven, eight, nine, ten people being like, what's our mission? Who's our audience? Who are we selling to? And nobody, we couldn't agree on anything. It was like just two hours went by and we didn't agree on a mission and an idea at the time. And that made it hard because you have, again, you're at a place like we are at Cat and Cloud, 70 plus people going way bigger. Like they're killing it now. Good for them. But at the time, it was like that feeling that we talk about a lot on this podcast. You're stepping from... Everybody being able to touch all the core, core players of the company and being able to hear how it's supposed to be, and it's all pretty close to the same, to what are we going to say we do here? And there was a point where it specifically went from that to like, we're going to open a bunch of stores, and this is our operating plan. And then we were like, well, how do we do that and do this stuff? And it's like, well, we got to. And it was like, I don't get it. You know, we, and we couldn't agree. Why? 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 Yeah. What, and, what are we doing here? Totally. And, the, and we couldn't, nobody could at the time agree. And that's, that's tough. If you have a mission to start with, then you can always be like, well, how are we going to inspire connection by creating memorable experiences when we do? And then you can start answering questions at least. Yeah. And that it, was hard for me. I couldn't, nobody could answer a question. And, and if they did, it was like somebody's opinion versus a fact or a, a way we do things here, right? I mean, that's the same problem that you and I have had prior to opening. Well, maybe forever we're going to have this problem is people calling something the best when it comes to an opinion, right? The best wine, the best beer, the best coffee, the best whatever. Like, 
that was also one of the things that was the goal is like, we're going to serve the best coffee. And it's like, what does that mean? And you can kind of uh, see where I'm going, that this all becomes a rabbit hole of questions on questions on questions, unless you can identify like the best coffee to us is a coffee that's sweet and it's clean and it has a long, nice finish. And that's what our best coffee is. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can't, if you can't say something to that effect, then everybody gets to have an opinion on what the best is. And you just end up kind of, paralysis analysis and conversation all the time cat and cloud podcast is brought to you by la marzocco we use la marzocco machines in all of our cafes and have been fans of la marzocco for decades they consistently push the bar forward in terms of what's possible with espresso machines while continually honoring their heritage and company culture usually when companies push the envelope you end up with fancy superfluous gadgets that are quirky to use and prone to failure but this isn't the case with la marzocco they build machines with usable features that are also workhorses go to lamarzocco.com or follow them on their social channels to stay up to date with everything they have going on cat and cloud podcast is brought to you by art presso design art presso is dedicated to advancing the artistry of espresso preparation by creating innovative tools and products for the coffee industry they basically take all the annoying things that you thought you had to live with nasty towels for your steam wands a leftover screwdriver from the hardware store for your dispersion screen and create thoughtfully designed purpose-built tools that are barista focus basically enabling you to make coffee and not a mess check out more of their work at artpressodesign.com or follow them on their social channels well you're you're i knew i use this analogy a lot but it's like you're like that noodle blowing in the wind yeah you you, you i think that's why a lot of, well i think there's a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't take the time to craft these things one requires you to be brutally honest with yourself and that's pretty hard because if you have something that you really really fully believe in and you want to bring that to the world in the form of a business in the form of a project in the form of some art whatever it is and you identify who it's for and what's it for it might not be something that's really popular at the time it might not be what's trending mm. and Having an aim in one particular direction means you're excluding some other things. So like that mission that you described, which is our perfect version of coffee, that's a closed door. Like mm -hmm. that's a specific point. And there are other coffees. It means we're leaving all those other styles of coffee behind. Yeah. You know, and I think people seem to be under the illusion that something that is perfect for everyone is the best way to do it, hmm. which really that's just the path to being McDonald's. Right. Which is, yeah, they have millions of stores and like sell a lot of stuff and are incredibly popular and are a cultural mainstay in the United States and the world, but nobody really cares. Like yeah. they're not, they're not leaders in any way, shape or form. They're not creating the most memorable. No one's ever like, I really remember going to McDonald's. It's like, they do what they do. They're, they're generic, boring, and bland. Yeah. They're like going to your random drugstore. It's like you go to Target because I had to get toilet paper. Like that's it. You know, it's completely functional. So, yeah, that idea of being for everybody, you know, it, it doesn't pay off in, the, in terms of having a business. It's special yeah. in, in any way, shape, or form. And it's funny because I think businesses will end up 
at least when I look at it, people tend to devolve in that way. I had the conversation yesterday with that guy who was from British Columbia somewhere. We were mm-hmm. talking about coffee shops and he mentioned, I don't know how you say it. It's artigiano or artigiano. The piccolos like Sammy and Vince yeah. started it back in the day. And it was a, a known as one of Canada's like premier specialty mm-hmm. coffee shops. You know, they had people who were piccolos. famous latte artists mm-hmm. and, Barista champions were there, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a spot. It was a place to be, and they built that up, and they ended up selling it. And I think they had a cooling off period before they could do something else, and they opened what ended up being Forty Ninth Parallel. Mm-hmm. And I was asking the dude how Artigiano is, and he's like, "It's just so generic now. It's nothing like it used to be. It's just you know, you build this thing, you sell it, and then." it becomes more normal and more normal and more normal. And it's weird because it probably makes more money than ever before, but it's not exceptional in any way, shape or form. Hmm. So it's like, what are we after? You know? Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that was frustrating about a lot of the places that I worked at too. And it's a sentiment that I share. It's like, what are we after? Right. And it's even, you know, you mentioned retail and having this group of people who are working to do this thing. In retail, at least you get to see the guests on the other end of the spectrum. Sure. It's like you're having this face-to-face interaction. When you're dealing with something that's more ethereal, like an organization, we've got multiple departments. You know, you got the partner program, you got the marketing department, we've got all finance, all of green. these things. We've got finance, mm-hmm. we've got the roastery, and you're piloting this big ship, not this one shop. Right. And trying to figure out where to send that thing requires a strong sense of direction and what we're doing because right. it's really easy to end up chasing the next buck or following a certain trend, even if you don't believe in it or care about it. It's just really dangerous. Yeah, what do you think about the coffee, especially coffee kind of being a dime a dozen, meeting two parts, meeting like, this may be for you to do a hot take versus yeah. obviously being able to claim, but you know, there's there's a couple of things that I think about when I think of coffees, especially coffee being a dime a dozen. It's like there's one potentially like young talent being able to theoretically go make more money as an owner, but then there's like that idea of having a point of view and et cetera, et cetera. Like, what do you? You know, if you were to like just spitball and and take a guess or a gander at like why, why and when was it like necessary for especially coffee to expand so greatly? And is there, you know, like where, where might that motivation be just based on your perspective when you're looking and going and visiting these places? Like what's the drive for individual companies to expand really quickly? I mean, it's or? like, a, it's more of a conversation if you're looking like... You just mentioned having a point of view, right? And yeah. I'm wondering, I guess, first, like, when you go to visit cafes, how how much are you experiencing, like, a point of view versus, like, replication oh, of doing right. the same thing as one part? So maybe start there. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think this is special to specialty coffee. I rarely engage with people that I think offer any kind of point of view. Like, right. I feel... I feel like most things are copies of other things. Sure. And 
there is some success in that for a while, as long as the copy that's happening is of higher quality than what was offered before. Yeah. Meaning if you like, if we, if we look, this is really obvious if we can zoom out way, way further, like sure. beyond when we were in the game. So if you can take a snapshot of what does coffee culture look like in the United States in 1985, specialty coffee is basically non-existent mm -hmm. we've got pete's like most small towns don't even have a starbucks yet like the 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 latte is just kind of getting started but everything's kind of mediocre right that's just where everything lives right that's like a base level of quality it just exists now if we look at it 2023 we have a lot more specialty coffee you know uh people buying from notable roasters, people who are well-versed in preparation methods. You can get, you know, a properly made cappuccino in more places. Not, not as prevalent as like maybe somewhere like Australia or sure. something, but it's much better. So in that little, in that situation, I don't think a ton of people are really caring. Like does the specialty shop down the street have a point of view? It's just better than what was there before. Absolutely. You, you know, it's yep. so I Tracking. think that is part of where we're living too. It's like we got a bunch of generic businesses that are better than the generic businesses that existed 20 years ago. At least the products a lot better. And you right. can see that in food and stuff too, where it, it's like um I I can't imagine eating some of the things that we ate on a regular basis when we were like 18, 19, 20. There's just a lot more there's a lot better options. Totally. out there for things that are tasty maybe they don't have a point of view yeah you like i i so I, I keep thinking about that too as you're talking about it and i'm like so then what would be some advice for those those people meaning like i started a business partially because i and we should get into that more in a minute but like it's not supposed to be a business that comes and goes right there's businesses now like there's a company called market lane in seattle that i loved going to and they're out of business they're done. And I was like, holy shit, that place went out of business? Um, and you go, like, why? And then I start thinking, to your point, like, they're the best for now. For now. Right. So it's either, what is the advice for those people? Because that's, that's a little bit potentially the reality. As a human being, me, you, anybody, um, you have to, I think, have a real point of view and a reason to be somewhere or else two things like you're either going to burn out because you're physically unable to like hold everything together by yourself forever as a small business, probably uh, rely on some team members, maybe, which again, goes back to our first point, which is the mission will be really, really important at that point or else it's going to maybe mm -hmm. um, those experiences will then fall like burger. I didn't realize burger and Aptos out of, out of, out of business either. The girls noticed that yesterday and I'm like, Oh, it's probably because they, they started good and they're just horrible. <laughs> Hater, I'm going to be a hater, but like, it's disgusting to me. And I'm like, when they first opened, it was an awesome place to be. And I'm like, is this going to be the, is this like foreshadowing for every small business out there is you can't just open specialty coffee because you think you can do better than you could have done at the previous employer's place. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're hitting the nail on the head for sure. It's, um, well, I think the more interesting thing, which speaks to what we're talking about is you didn't even know that burger went out of business. Well, that's because why because I know exactly why. Cause I thought it was horrible and I stopped right, caring, which is like, you don't care. I, yeah, I, I don't I care. Caring. Yeah, like, exactly. Like 
would somebody miss me if I weren't there? Exactly. And if the answer is no, Rut row. then you're probably in trouble or at least you're on some kind of a, a, of a timeline. Yellow and a red flag there. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's what the mission can help you do is you realize that your mission isn't necessarily rooted in one particular thing, which right. is why I think a lot of these, you know, we're talking specialty coffee because that's the industry we're in are kind of on this ticking clock because certain percentage of people see the thing as what they see, what they do as we make cappuccinos with latte art, right? We make decently <sighs> prepared espresso. Like we do this cut copy and paste version of, service but when you have something that's a mission a mission isn't a thing it's an idea right so if you're talking about inspire connection by creating memorable experiences that's an open book yeah and we can look at that year over year and not say are we making latte art right it's like well we fucking better be that's just cost of entry into the game right like you can't have a coffee shop and not know how to make espresso and not know how to pour latte art, not know how to steam milk. That's just what you do. You yeah. know, that's a what, a yeah. what. It's not a why. So we can look every year and say, okay, what are opportunities for making the experience that we offer even more powerful? Mm -hmm. How can we inspire people to like go out and create the things of their own? Like, what are we really doing? And then mm -hmm. some of those things are connected to coffee. A lot of those things are connected to service. Some of those things are connected to company culture. And then you have this business that continues to evolve. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the people who turn into market leaders, not necessarily in terms of revenue or profit, sure, but in terms of culture. Yeah. And that's squarely where we want to live. Like we want to have a sustainable business. We definitely we have to want to. Yeah. You have to fuel the fire. Like we want to make money yeah. to continue to do the things that we do and have a life for ourselves. Yeah, there's your long haul plan. Part yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. But, and I don't think it's weird because I can't even remember the stats, but even with big businesses, you know, the Fortune 500 list now compared to 20 years ago, it, it turns over all the time. Mm -hmm. Things aren't built for the long haul. They're mm. built for short-term profitability right. or they're built off a whim. And, and buyouts or, and yeah, or and failures, think, but most likely they're – yeah. And that's why, the, that's why having some sort of mission feels super important to well, us. I, I totally agree. And, like, that's – you know, it's been a long time since we talked about it, so it is kind of bringing up – a lot of the reason why I think I wanted to start a company and it was seeing everybody feel like they had to go somewhere else to achieve a sense of meaning and place in their work. But not only that getting so far to the end of their rope that they felt like they had to, like there's no other option for me than to just fucking figure it out. And I saw that happening all across all the big companies, you know, not, not only even ours, it was happening everywhere when shortly before and a lot, right after you and I departed and ended up making up this place with Charles, it was happening everywhere. And in my opinion, in my belief, right, is like if we can bring together, and I actually felt this way at Verve, which I think is a, a big reason why I went out and tried to find a lot of people towards the beginning, which I feel like I was a pretty big help in doing. It is, what if we brought people together and did something as a unit so that they all didn't feel like they had to go somewhere else to do their thing? What if we could all come together and provide all those different people with different 
specific passions within this industry, right? Somebody might be obsessed with the coffee. Someone might be obsessed with the hospitality. There's obviously going to be overlap, but if we can combine and utilize, and you not utilize, uh, unitize, wow, bring unity to a team of people focused on a mission, then we together can collectively do something a lot bigger and find that same value and probably more safety, more collaboration, more ability to actually provide for ourselves and more people if we could come together and pool resources to do something. And that to, to me still is a big part of why I believe in what we do at Cat and Cloud and why I want to have a company. You know, I want to be able to lean into and have other people come, come with and lean into betterment all the time in terms of inspiring connection by creating a memorable experience. And that, that allows them to be like, okay, cool. I can contribute here. I don't need to let my candle get snuffed out so bad that I like have to panic and find another job and, or start my own company. Cause I can't even do what I want to do, you know? Well, the, something yeah. to, be, to that effect. I mean, it does have to fall in line with what we couple can things do. because you, yeah, that I think but that's part, why part of it is a, this lack of mission, and then I think part of what we experience where it's like in the era there was a specific era for us. I'm sure it's happening all the time, where the people that we came up with in coffee were just quitting and moving and shaking things up, yeah. and I think part of that is maybe working for a company that doesn't have a strong sense of purpose. But sure. the other part of it is probably being a kid and feeling like you are owed more than you actually are. Sure. And part of it is just good old-fashioned exploration. I've mm-hmm. been here for a certain amount of years. I like it a lot, but I think there's something more for me. Sure. And I think that's something that everybody should probably do if you, you know, if yeah. you feel, if you feel the call to it. I was never like a really big job bouncer around her. I same. I like to lock. I like to lock in, and I had a couple jobs that I probably would have happily been at, or at least in the company for you know longer for a lot longer if there was that clarity yeah because you once you do have that mission then it's like you you know what's on offer and you have to feel comfortable saying having those conversations to where it's like okay you're really after what we have on offer yeah then you're there's limitations in growth in terms of um monetary growth depending on the growth of the company yeah but your own personal growth, like that's up to you and you can go as deep as you want in that. Yeah. And then for people who aren't into it, it's like, yeah, this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the power to say that. And right. I think that is, again, it's reinforcing what you're already talking about is like we had a really good group of people and I think maybe half of them wanted what was happening. The other half of them had no idea what was happening because sure. it wasn't clearly articulated and mm-hmm who knows that you know yeah. like who knows what would have happened if there was a strong sense of purpose i think when you have it you have the ability like you said to have those hard conversations but also to like back what you're doing even if it doesn't like even if maybe there's like a disagreement uh, for an example right like it's like if two people want to do something in two different ways but you can fully back up as one person like, hey, this is how this is going to feed our mission. This is how it fits into what we're trying to do operationally. Like, this is where we're going to go. I understand you don't want me to do it this way, but this absolutely fits everything we're going to do. There's no reason not to in this case, except right. for that you don't like it as much as I do. Then one thing, again, we're back to is like the personal preference doesn't take, it doesn't supersede the plan, the point, the mission. Yeah. You get to go, cool, go get it, right? We've had those conversations both ways for before. It's like, great, go get it. I get what you're doing. I don't like... I don't fully track the same way you do, but I can believe in that. Yeah. And then same thing. Like I don't, 
I don't need, you know, when I said that before, and I don't think people would pick up on this. I don't need people to feel like they need to be somewhere as long as you and I may be, because we do like to, you know, stick with a job. But what I do believe is when we have a mission in a place where people know that there's a pursuit that even as potentially leaders turn over eventually, if they do, then that's, that honestly becomes a good thing because it means that people who are hungry and believe in this can step into those places and continue to work with us to move this company forward as you're totally right. Like there will be times when you as a person either hit a ceiling or internally you're like, you know what? I just want to shift gears in my life. I don't Mm -hmm. want to do this anymore. And that's okay too. Uh, It just means the work up until that point oftentimes can be far more valuable when you have a mission and a point. Yeah, I think to take what you said earlier and to tweak it a little bit to where it's like, I wanted to get a, like, a, in my previous jobs to create this place where people didn't have to go other places to do what they needed to do. I think maybe a, a better way to think about it is I wanted to create a place where we got the right people in the door. Like, where, like, right. like you know, everybody in here is on the same team we're playing towards this yeah and it's super super clear mm-hmm. and it's just like a slight tweak on the idea I think you true. know what i mean well like, that's the, where the clarity is important and you need people because yeah you're right like you can articulate and over articulate but unless you're able to really clearly say like this is where we're going this is how we do it and this is what it would look like to work here we've seen it even internally if we're not very clear about that we bring on people that always we've always brought on amazing and cool people. We don't always bring on people who love to do the the work that we set out to do here, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who last the least because they're like, man, this is actually like, I don't really like talking. If it's in retail, right? I really don't like talking to people. Like my social battery is kind of gone every single day, and they're like, well, you signed up for something that's maybe not the best for you, and that's okay. Like you did well while you're here. You can tell if this is draining you a lot. Like maybe this isn't the right job for you, but we're still going to hold you to accountable to doing the job that we expect in order to deliver what our team and our guests expect. Yeah. And that's, um, I think that's nice. And it, it's fucking great. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it's super rad. It's fantastic. If you and your team and your leaders are willing to consistently like hold that line. And that's, I think some of the work to do with a mission and that's where you can lean right back into it. Like, I understand we like all these people. Awesome. I like a lot of people who'd never want to stand behind that coffee bar. And that allows us. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. You know, know, it doesn't. I mean, I have a ton of friends that I would never want to do this work with (laughs) because it's not for them. Yeah. It's not a hater move to say this isn't for you. It's (laughs) actually you're doing everyone a favor. You know, saying that it's for someone that it's not is not doing that person any favors either. You're putting someone in a position where they're not going to excel. And that's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to your team. It's not fair to you. It's just a big headache overall. So if you have the mission and you have some sort of vision, clarity, sense of purpose, set of values, you can avoid all the, well, you can't avoid them all. No, you just, you you can navigate them a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, You you have the, yeah, you have the, you have the points of opportunity. Some would say contention. You have your contention points where people meet them. And if they're, if you're having friction in those points, then you get to be like, this is the plan. The friction is there. Where does that fall into place? And it sounds like, you know, then we can have an answer. Yeah. You know, because I mean, the last part of this question was how do you ensure that it's lived every day? And that's by literal clarity, grit, the ability to speak up, the ability to continuously, like you said, self-reflect, pay attention, and to not allow yourself to get used to, I guess, complacent's the word. I hate it because it sounds so negative, but complacent in and 
comfortable is maybe a better word because complacent kind of feels like it's intentional and you're like avoiding it to me, even if it doesn't. Comfortable is what happens. You start sinking into this place where you're like, cool, things are running. And then you're all cool. I'm going to, you know, instead of taking it to the next step, you're like, cool, I'm going to take like extra couple hours and just chill. A couple hours, chill. Day off, extra, a couple days off. I'm just chilling now. It's working. And then all of a sudden, everybody's chilling. And this is not a talk about not taking time off. That's absolutely important. And rest is absolutely important. But there is a place where a lot of business owners, especially in the small businesses, basically get to a place where they hire a couple awesome people and then they just check out. And I've seen that over and over again. And that again is the beginning of kind of the end or the beginning of what will in turn make you have to re-engage in your business on another level is it turns into something else. Uh, and so if you want to ensure their missions lived every day, just go in, look through the guest eyes and then ask yourself the question, is this the first time I walked into my own cafe? Is it how I set it up to be at the beginning or is it different? And if it's different, you can very much see why, especially if you're an owner, if you're the person who started the company, you can look exactly at that and be like, this is not happening how I want it to and how we started this place. And then you can identify exactly why and start talking to it in the context of your mission and your values. That's the only way to keep uh -huh. it going. There's no other way and it's endless and you should never stop. Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.